This week on the Spivey Special Podcast, we had our guests Eric Huffman and Mike McCleary, also known as Dr. Elbows. We talked about their business around the horn breaks, and we talked about baseball from the 90s. episode 70 of the spivey special podcast good round number which is good because we were gonna stop at 69 what happened with that? we should have i don't know what we're doing this is what we get for having more friends <laughs> maybe we can do this again and we'll have a second 69 69 b 69 b mm-hmm. okay i like it because it's right. not the a squad it's the b squad mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we got a fun little episode lined up tonight we've got Dr. Lawrence Bose, DDS, on the show with us, as well as Huffy, also known as Mike McCleary and Eric Huffman of Around the Horn Breaks. Excited to have you guys on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've called a bunch, we just didn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't used to have a voicemail, and we set it up just for you. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, well, we got a lot of stuff. They got a they got a fun little thing going on. I didn't quite understand what it was. It's some sort of Ponzi scheme that I don't get. So they're on the show. We're going to figure out a little bit about it tonight. We're going to talk a, little, a lot about baseball tonight. Very excited about it. So let's take a quick break, and we will get to know our guests. The Spivey brothers are always here, but who is joining them today? Who is it? Who is it? Sit back, and let's find out together with Get to Know Your Guest. All right, let's get to know our guests. Mike and Eric are on the show. Let's start out with an easy one. How do we know you guys? I think that's probably the hardest question of the day we're going to get. Uh, I My first memory is a party at your house and playing beer pong. I know we worked together at Best Buy, but everything before that felt like a blackout. And that's where I got my nickname, Johnny Elbows, if I remember correctly. That's exactly where you got that nickname. Uh, we worked together at uh, D-Squad. I remember you walking in. It's like, oh, we have a new transfer. Oh, yeah, at Roosevelt. Yeah. You're just thinking, ooh, look at that sexy man. <laughs> Great, we're going to have to widen every door here. <laughs> Those flaps couldn't, couldn't hold me back. All right, easy question. Before we find out about this crazy baseball card. Ponzi scheme. Ponzi scheme or whatever it is. What is your spirit animal? We're going to start with Eric. You know what it is. It's going to be a dog. A dog? It's going to be Pug. Okay. I surround myself with them. So mine's a donkey because I'm kind of a jackass. I'm also a really hard worker, but I'm also really lazy. So I think it makes sense. Can you be both lazy and a hard worker? Have you seen a donkey? (laughs) I don't think the donkey's working hard as a choice. Honestly, they just strap that stuff to them. I don't work hard as a choice. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Good answer. Touche. All right. I think that's the first donkey we've gotten. We have definitely not had donkey before. Or a pug. All right. You're ordering a pizza. You only get three toppings. What are the three toppings? Can I ask a very important clarifying question here? Yes. Does all meat count as one topping? No. No. Shit. Well, then, (laughs) oddly enough, my toppings would be mushroom, olive, and onion. So no meat. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Uh, Pepperoni. Jalapeno and sausage. 
There you go. I had a first my first real pizza encounter with jalapeno on it at uh, this pizza place. <laughs> I can't think of the name for some Classic. old town pizza. It was so good, but it had uh, jalapenos, peppers, and chicken and tomatoes. It was so good. I love jalapeno on a pizza. Yes. I think the peppers is what gets me. I've been really adding it to my Chipotle order. Something about the grilled peppers. You just want more stuff in there. You're like, what things can I get? For Triple free wrap it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the lid doesn't fit, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, you got to tell them double meat after they scoop the first one on there. Yep. Oh. And then you tell them oh. triple meat after they did the <laughs> double meat scoop. <laughs> That's the pro move right there. All right. Let's move on to baseball cards, which is why you guys are here. Other than the fact that you're my friends, I've been trying to get you on for a long time. Um, what is your earliest baseball card memory? That's a good question. Uh, well, I grew up in the Bay Area, and I remember uh, in Foster City, we had a little bridge that went over uh, the lagoon. Um, and I remember riding my bike over the lagoon or rollerblading over the lagoon. There was a card store next to Lucky's. And I'd go in there and it'd be five bucks with a grab bag of cards, which thinking back to this day, it was just crap, crap cards that the store put in a bag. So kids like me would go in and buy them. I never remember getting anything good out of them. But for me, it was quantity over quality. And um, I remember always going down there, grabbing a bag of cards and then going to Waterfront Pizza and playing arcade games. That was my earliest memory. That's a good day. Yeah. Eric? Yeah, I used to uh, ride my bikes up to the market get it chew the bubble gum and then put the carts in my bicycle nice you just aged yourself yeah. significantly <laughs> you go down to the old general store yep. <laughs> southern illinois zach what would your first memory be we actually had an uncle who was in the baseball card game he worked for tops and upper deck and a whole bunch of different ones so we got a lot of baseball cards growing up Unfortunately, they were during the uh, not ideal time to have baseball cards, which is the late or uh, early 90s when everyone in the world was buying baseball cards and there was a million made, so they're not really worth anything, but it's cool to have. We've got a uh, uncut sheet that we had on the wall growing up, which is kind of neat. Now, how long is it okay to wait before you chew the bubble gum? Because we've chewed the bubble gum before, like on cards that were like six or seven years old, and it was awful. So my golden rule is if you open a, a, a pack of cards or a case of cards and it has bubble gum in it, you need to eat it, even if it's today and it's from 1990. We've done it. We've done it. <laughs> it's the rule. That's the rule. <laughs> I think that's the way to do it, but it is so is, terrible. Is gum better or worse? It's hard as a rock. I feel like it's hard as a rock, right? When even if it was like this year's cards, is it better or worse? I'm gonna assume that you mean then anything, and I'm gonna go with worse. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, so when did baseball cards getting so popular? When did they start getting so popular again? Because I remember when we were kids, everyone was buying baseball cards. None of them were worth anything because there were so many baseball cards. How is everyone buying this many cards, and they're all worth a whole bunch of money? Explain it to me. So it's really about rarity at this point, right? So you have cards that are like a Mike Trout rookie cards go for tens of thousands of dollars. Um, you have to get them graded and it's it's this big mess. And I think you really have two sides of it. You have the hobby collectors, which is more of me and Eric, where we're not trying to make, you know, get rich off baseball cards. We're just trying to collect. And for me, it's passing them down to my son and having him enjoy and start collecting himself and to see what cool, cool stuff you can get. 
And then you have the flip side where people are just trying to get rich off of it. And they're, they're buying all the packs and selling them for more money. And they don't care about the hobby or the sport. They just want to make an extra dollar. And um, to answer your question, I think, yes, in the 90s, it was super popular and they overproduced them. So, uh, like, I just found uh, two cases full of unopened wax cards from 1992, opened them, and there was, like, three cards that were worth money. Everything else is a penny, right? Um, I think due to COVID and people being at home, they were able to go through their stuff, and they found a lot of old cards, and they got them back into the hobby again. Um, so that's kind of where this is taking off now. But there's been people that are just trying to make a dollar. You know, anytime there's a prospect or, or a good player, it's anyone's game. Just try and find that card, so... What people are doing are they're sending every single card they have, get it graded, and then they're trying to sell for 10 times or more. doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Well, and to that point, like PSA is the number one grading service. So uh, for people listening that don't, don't know what grading means, it's to send your card in. Myself and then, included. Right. <laughs> so they, they essentially grade your card. They give it a 1 through 10 of the quality of the card. So it's based on uh, the centering of the card on the actual cardboard itself on the quality on the corners and everything and so like a graded 10 is worth significantly more than like a graded 7. Uh, PSA is the number one grading company and they just stopped uh, shipments of cards so they will not accept anymore until they clear their backlog but to Eric's point I mean they've been people have been sending in hundreds of cards at a time that are worth five bucks ungraded and they're worth 50 graded and it's backing everything up it's not like the high-end cards are getting graded. Yeah would you send your card in for $25 for a chance to get it from 50 bucks to 300 and of course you would that's what they're doing they're sending every single card they have now it, for them to grade it it costs a certain amount of money so it depends on the year uh, the older it is uh, the more expensive um, it depends on the price of the card so if you have a thousand dollar card you're going to pay more stuff like that and they'll send you a sheet and say this is your Hmm. Interesting. It's kind of like with any sports memorabilia. I'm sure it's the same way. You go and get that graded. You get them certified. Yeah. They do. Yeah. The same companies do like comic book grading and uh, authentication of jerseys, autographs, and stuff like that. But there's other ones, but that's the one that you get the most value. Other people get, since that place has been backed up for like three, four months, they got to where they were saying, we're going to get yours out for like almost a year. So, so, so they shut down for three months uh, so they can get all the backlog. And I think they're in California is what they said. So COVID in California, so they can't hire more people because of social distancing. So they're like, we're going to shut down for three months and July we'll start doing more. And I think you can still send stuff in. It's just going to cost you way too much. <laughs> That's so crazy. Okay, so... You joined this group for this baseball break thing. How did you figure out what that was? Who got you involved in it? Um, so my brother's friend, um, our, he knew about a group that was doing it back in Illinois. Okay. He said one kid, um, they opened up cards, um, and so one kid won one that was worth like $3,000. So uh, he gave us the name. Um, I told Mike, I told Dobbins, and then we just started doing it just try it out and then we're like we can do this all right so explain what the baseball card break or the card break thing is because i've watched you guys do it on facebook because i think it's fascinating but explain what it is 
and why you're absolutely hooked to it. I'm hooked to it, and I haven't even bought into the thing yet. Yeah, it, it's super addicting. Um, so essentially, we buy high-end cards, right? They're worth anywhere total in our breaks. Um, you know, sometimes we'll do like a seven-box break plus a jersey or plus last time we did an autographed baseball bat. Um, and so the, the cards are, end up being like $500, right, total in, in the boxes that we buy. Um, so unopened costs of about $500. And what we do is we sell we sell all the teams in the break. So you can buy the Yankees or the Dodgers or Giants or whoever you want um, as a, at a designated price based on what potential cards you can get. So the better the prospects, the better the rookies, the better the chance of a high-end card, the more expensive the team will be. Um, and then we break them live. So once all the teams are full, uh, we go on Facebook Live and we start opening cards and open up memorabilia. And if you get a card for whatever team you bought, that you get that card, we ship it out to you. So it's... Uh, it's fun. It's a cool time to hang out with friends and kind of talk crap to each other on the breaks. And, you know, you really hope someone hits something big. And uh, we've, we've gotten some pretty cool stuff and gotten to see some cards. For me, it sucks because I love opening them and keeping them. Um, so when I'm opening them and I see somebody get a good hit, I want to keep that card. But we ship them out. And it's a good time, though. So what are the most expensive teams? Because I didn't know they were different prices. Uh, so the Padres right now it's are part obviously of the reason really why I've hot. watched like three of them. Before, so I'm trying to figure out these rules. That's yeah. why you're here. I need to figure out this works. <laughs> so the Padres are really hot. And it's really about demand, right? So, so everybody wants a Fernando Tatis. The White Sox are hot with Luis Robert. Um, the Yankees are hot just from all the players that they have. Um, Dodgers are usually pretty expensive. Angels for Mike Trout. Um, I mean, the Mariners for Kyle Lewis. There's and the prospects Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. So that the, just again, the teams with the best prospects and best farm systems are going to be the more expensive, depending on the, the style of cards White, we open. White Sox have like the one of the uh, youngest teams, so that all their players are really good. So that's why we hold them off on the end because a lot of places will have those teams valued really high. So we do it in a filler at the very end, so it gives everybody a chance. Yeah, so speaking of a filler, so we do like the normal break where we sell all the teams. And then typically our, our good spot is like six to eight teams. Sometimes we'll do up to like 14 teams. Whatever teams are left that people don't want, we'll add the Yankees and the White Sox in. And then we'll sell numbers. And then we'll randomize the numbers so that you you have a chance at the Yankees or the White Sox for a lower price. But then you could get stuck with the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Is that who the Nobody worst team is? Nobody wants the Diamondbacks. Nobody <laughs> wants them. Oh, that was my next question. Is who's the 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 least valuable team? Yeah, uh, Diamondbacks or Marlins, I guess, are pretty Marlins low, but they're starting to get young. better. Yeah. But now, the first time I ever saw a break, I saw a Pokemon break, and it was wild. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I I know nothing about Pokemon. I probably sat there like. I think it was like 30 or 45 minutes watching this and like he's yelling like Charizard <laughs> and like shaking is that similar to the way you guys do it yeah for sure if we pull a Charizard out of a baseball <laughs> break every, everyone goes wild Diamondbacks got Charizard yeah uh, no that, that's a good point for me as just a card collector when I go to a store if I see Pokemon cards and there's no sports cards I'll buy them um, for my son or for myself, whatever. I usually open them. If I see a shiny card, I'll take that and I'll give the rest to my son. Um, and I've, I pulled some hundreds of dollars worth of cards out of a Pokemon pack that were just eight bucks at the store. So I pulled nothing. Yeah. Eric has bad luck I with Pokemon, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maverick has no idea about anything with Pokemon, but he likes the cards. So. 
So, other than the baseball cards, now I saw it was on the other night, you guys did the baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Where are you getting this, like, random tube with a baseball bat in it that you don't know what it is before you get it? So, we can't expose our secrets, of course. And how do you get, <laughs> how do you, what kind of pricing do they have on that? Because it'd be like, oh, this one's signed by Zach. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, so there's, there's a few companies that do them where they're not numbered, right? So, it's, like, on the list, it'll say, oh, you have a chance at a Don Mattingly and a Ken Griffey and... They'll list 30 players, and then in short print, it'll be like, plus many more, right? And so, of course, every time we... Maybe Melvin Moore or yeah. Todd Zeal. <laughs> so every time we've done those, like, well, uh, Eric got a Robin Yount, and, and I pulled a Aaron Boone just as, like, a private, just to see how the jerseys were. So it wasn't terrible. It's not, No. But oh, at the same you. time, you open up an Aaron Boone, you're like, okay, cool, I got an Aaron Boone jersey, right? Like, there's nothing special. Um, the cool thing, we used Hip Parade on the last one for the bat. And Hip Parade has numbers. So it was Series 7, it was number 19 out of 100. So you know that it gives you the list of all 100 players that you're going to get. So you have a chance at any of those players. Uh, we happened to pull an Andrew Jones, uh, center fielder for the Yankees, for those of you that don't know. Or Braves. Um, or, or Braves. Or Braves, Yankees, he retired Dodgers. as Yankees. Yeah, Dodgers. <laughs> um, Dodgers legend, Andrew Jones. Right. <laughs> um, pulled his bat, and it was a, a certified... It wasn't a game used bat, but it was still a certified autograph bat, and it was really fun. It was pretty cool. I was excited. Yeah, we do jerseys, and they have other things. They have baseballs. They have batting gloves. They have helmets, helmets shoes, everything. Batting gloves. I mean, sorry, uh, just regular gloves. Those are awesome. My last baseball I got was a was it a Jose Canseco, and he he autographed it juiced. <laughs> so good. Yeah. That's got to be worth more. The personalized message. But like it's that. Jose Canseco, so not yeah. much. All right, so far on one of your guys' breaks, what's the best pull you've had so far? I mean, obviously the Andre Jones bat was cool. Um, for me, it was the Dennis Eckersley jersey. It was the yellow A's Dennis Eckersley, and that that thing was awesome. I was so excited when I opened that. Um, it's, in terms of cards, we had one, not this last break, but the break before, we just kept pulling hit after hit, and we had like five different variations of Mike Trout cards. We had... Uh, Fernando Tatis that was numbered out of 25 so literally only 25 of that variation were made um, it was just scared you. so Top started doing this <laughs> thing this year because it's their 70th anniversary and so they started doing like flashback cards so I got two one was a Mike Trout jersey autograph <laughs> and but it's just a picture of the card oh. it's not the actual card and then I got a Jeter one that was the same thing and so it that card pisses yeah, me off more than anything that, you're like oh big money for whoever got that and they, he's like oh it's just a regular card just a replicating so. yeah we had a Mickey Mantle reprint card <laughs> yeah not worth a lot no it was like the, it was the same picture of the card from like his rookie year or whatever it was like worth 50 bucks at the time but pretty cool so what are you hoping for from this year that you haven't pulled yet is there a certain one that you're I mean, to get. it's tough. I mean, you're always looking for the low numbered. So the one of ones are cool where it's like a, a pre-production print or just like a um, plate. So they have like the printing plates that are one of one and usually autograph. Uh, those are pretty neat. You're always looking for a trout auto. Trouts are just going to hold value more than anything else. Uh, Luis Robert right now is huge. So anything Luis Robert's selling. Acuna. Uh, Acuna, Fernando Tatis. Any of the big young names in baseball are, are what you're looking for. I saw a Betts online uh, printing plate autograph and a piece of a jersey, and the guy wanted 32000 for it. Holy okay. moly. And, and what, it'll sell. 
Where would he pull that from? Just one of those? Just a box. There's printing plates in almost every single kind of box. They're hard to get, but that one had like everything. I messaged him like, oh, how much are you looking for? He goes, 32,000 minimum. I'm like, no, thank you. And that's the one where someone <laughs> tried to trade him a Jamarcus Russell card for it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So right now, all the older cards, they're not worth as much. It's just only the newer prospects, or to just not depend the on the players. Well, so the 90s, it, it's really up to grading, So as we talked about before. So like I, I opened up, I'm addicted to opening up baseball cards, so I opened up all of the unopened 90s cards that I found in the closet, and um, I pulled a bunch of Griffies and Roberto Alomar rookies, Larry Walker rookies, like all of those big names from the 90s. Um, ungraded, they're 20 bucks a card if they're in really good shape. Graded, they can go for $100 a card, but it's not like astronomical unless you find the card, right? And those are rare. Michael Jordan, where he's uh, playing baseball. Yeah. Those are like $60, but people are getting graded and they're going for a few hundred. Well, that's the problem right now is with demand. I mean, I, I looked up a value of a card earlier and it was $50 on Beckett, and then I go on eBay and there's only one for sale and it's 140 bucks. So. When you're talking about demand and, and what the actual value is, right now there's a ton of demand. So it's a good time to sell cards if you have them. So that's what people do. They look at Beckett, but then they'll look on eBay, see what they're going for, and then base their price on that. Now, do you guys just do baseball, or is there other sports that you guys dip your toe into? Yeah, so we're, we're pretty new to the break game. Um, we've participated in all of them, baseball, basketball, and football, the, the main ones. We don't really do much hockey or, or any of the other ones, but – um, eventually once we get the baseball settled and really figure out the best process for this, we'll throw in probably football. Basketball right now is almost impossible to find cards. So unless you want to pay like six, seven hundred dollars a box. Yeah, you're not gonna make any money essentially doing breaks on it just because you're paying so much for the, the retail price. Um, but we're, our plans are to to adventure into football as well, probably starting this next year. That's awesome. Well, I'm still intrigued. I don't know if I'm ready to pull the trigger. But I'm gonna keep watching. Me too. I, I probably will. I probably will. I'll make sure I tag you next time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably you can have the Diamondbacks. <laughs> How much is the Diamondbacks? Like five bucks? Can uh, I just dip my toe in that? Yeah, it depends on the the break. They range anywhere from like seven to fifteen. <laughs> Maybe I'll get like an autographed Randy Johnson. Yeah, or like a Mad Bum jersey. I got a AJ Pollock. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Schilling slash Randy Johnson would be pretty cool. Young Hung Kim. Yes. Young Hung Kim would be the go-to Diamondbacks card. Do you think that would be console. the best one? Yeah. Paul Goldschmidt, rookie. It'd be worth like six bucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that's all we got. We found out a little bit more about it. We're going to keep talking about baseball. We're going to be talking about baseball in the 90s. We're going to take a quick break. Maybe have another beer, and then we're going to get into baseball. Today's podcast is presented by our old pals from Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with the advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast, the Spivey Special Podcast, in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Hey, remember that thing? The moon landing. Jazz. Trapper keepers. Manners. Alf. Sunny D. Yeah, I remember those things. 
All right, I'm excited for this one. We're going to be talking about baseball in the 90s. This is both a sports chug and I remember that thing. We don't get to do that a lot, so I'm excited. All wrapped up into one, just two birds, one stone or something like that. Two girls, one cup. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's... Uh, that is that what it is? Is that what I'm thinking? That was the episode 69 for the last <laughs> time Yeah, this is 70s, Zach. Come on. Oh, okay, sorry. I got to mix up. It's for our OnlyFans. All right, so we're going to start... We're going to wean into this one. We're going to start with... Um, we're going to name our favorite players, our favorite pitchers from the 90s. We're each going to name a couple. We're going to start with... Eric, favorite, favorite position player, favorite pitcher from the nineties. Bagwell is my favorite player of all time. Pitcher, Maddox. That's a good call. That's a great call. Not a fast. Uh, he doesn't throw hard, but he knows how to locate. One of the best. That's tough. I have so many of them that I was ready to list. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go. Jeff, with... Jeff Bagwell. Let's let's discuss Jeff Bagwell for a little bit. I feel like we'll forget about how good Jeff Bagwell was. He was. He's like Popeye to me. Okay, he couldn't have been taller than five five. No. But right. He's built That's like a, his stance. He was, he was sitting huge. down. He basically That's looks like. He looks like the wrestler Buff Bagwell, and I think that's what throws me off. He's got like those weird shaped arms. It's a Bagwell thing. Similar, he like, was probably on steroids, but he wasn't like necessarily implicated. He, he no. definitely was. <laughs> he definitely was. He's a weird shape. Yes, but he was very good. Hit a lot of home runs. Lots of anger issues. Good. He didn't pass the eye test. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Greg Maddox or a piss test. And then Greg Maddox is like he's the he's the prototype for what you do when you're an aging pitcher. There's a lot of guys that just burn out, and he's like, no, I'm gonna keep going. I can throw it 89, and I'm just gonna paint the corner every time. There's nothing you can do about it. Same with Mike Messina. Yeah. yeah. We're well, just going to change the way we pitch, and we're just going to keep going. The thing that they're so good about Maddox is he could put the ball literally anywhere he wanted, and as the game went on, he'd get like half an inch further outside, half an yeah. inch further inside to the point where you know, there was no pitch tracks back in the 90s. Those umpires were like, well, he threw it exactly where he wanted it. That's a strike. So I think that helped he too. to that spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. That's a very good pick. That's my son's name actually is Maddox. So great. Same pitcher. spelling? No, I wasn't allowed to spell it that way. Cubs were stupid to get rid of him. I know. All right, Buzz, who do you got? Can I throw out two? I, ha- I feel like I have to throw out two. I feel like we're just going to keep doing categories that involve just talking about players from the 90s, but go ahead. You can okay. do whatever you so want. So I have to throw out Ken Griffey as my honorable mention. Well, yes. Yeah. Favorite yeah. player, because who, who's... That's everyone's favorite player. Right, the so 90s. then Chipper Jones. I named my cat after him. He is by far my favorite player of all time. Is your cat named Jones or Chipper? My, or Chipper Jones? Uh, Chipper. Okay. Yes. Pitcher? Uh, favorite pitcher, I'd, I have to say Randy Johnson. The unit, man. Trevor Hoffman was a close second. Is there any better clip on the internet of him exploding that? Oh the my bird? god! So if we ball. if we want to speak back on baseball cards, <laughs> there's a two part baseball card. The first, I I send it to you. the first, the first card is him throwing, and the second card is the bird exploding, yes. and it is fantastic. I want that. Yes, so you can't find it. There was only I think a hundred of them made, and that's it. It's fantastic. I want that. All right, Zach, you, player, pitcher, 90s, do it. Hitter, the crime dog, Fred McGriff. <laughs> That's my dude. Best, also nickname. Best nickname <laughs> in the history of sports. And uh, I just love the way he plays. He hit, uh, I think it was like 593 career home runs. And he's just a great baseball player. And he played forever. 
I think he was like Tampa Bay, like when he was like 65. Yeah. Him and Julio so Franco. Yeah. <laughs> Franco. <laughs> I played until he was Favorite pitcher, Hideo Nomo. Everyone imitated that crazy pitching style. Came out of nowhere, nobody knew who he was, threw a no hitter, and then, like, before you knew it, he was just gone forever. Yeah. Like a try. I'm going to go a Cub. I'm going to go, man. yeah. I'm going to go Mark Grace. Ooh, I love Mark Grace. One of the best doubles in the game. Went to Saddleback. Went to Saddleback College, where our mom went to a community college. Just played the game the right way. Was always on a terrible team because he was on the Cubs for so long. And pitcher, hmm. You guys took a lot of the good ones. But I'm probably going to go Rod Beck. Oh, yes. I had it written down. Just because, <laughs> just because he was a Cub at one point. He was a giant. Uh, during batting practice, he threw a ball up in the stands when we were all at the game. And my dad went up and caught and gave him to us. And, you know, he had it signed and all that. So Rod Beck has a place in my heart. But The best mullet I've ever seen in my entire life. No. Second, can I give like a 1B? Absolutely. John Rocker. I think it's technically 2000s, but John Rocker needs to be mentioned. I think he might have played in the He played somewhere late at some point. 90s. Somewhere around that, yeah. Because he, yeah, it wasn't 2000. I feel like he's probably around the Subway series, which is like 2000, 2001. He's probably hanging Yeah, but he was there, though. He's one of those 99s. Technically the 90s, maybe. But I love John Rocker. We got to talk about John Rocker. I would throw batteries at John Rocker (laughs) to this day if he was around. At the supermarket. It was in 1998, so yeah. Yeah, I'd give two years. I guess it wasn't the whole time. but. Did anyone have any other players that they wrote down? I wrote down backups just in case you guys stole my players. I mean, obviously Barry Bonds for me growing up in the Barry. Ugh, he's the worst. I like Rhino. Can, can I throw out one for you, Craig Biggio? Yeah, of course. I was trying to be Roy Oswalt. Yeah, well, I guess 2000. that's more two thousands. Yeah. All right, I got Mike Piazza. Ugh. The yeah. reason I'm a Dodgers fan. River Cat. Tommy Lasorda's grandson, or godson. I, I'm like, this is getting weird. <laughs> so we don't have overrated players written down, but mine would be Mike Piazza. Oh, the best hitting catcher of all time. The worst player of all time. <laughs> And then he stabbed us in the heart and he went to the meds to jerk face. All right, anyone else have anyone else? Daryl Strawberry. Oh, oh. Daryl Strawberry. That's a good one. I have so many of them, like yeah, Gary I, Sheffield. I on. Well, the next category I have is, is a game that I invented called Nostalgia Name Game, where we're just going to start naming players from the 90s that we remember just to uh, spark someone's interest. Mark Pryor. <laughs> he was more early 2000s. Yes. Todd Thank- Zeal. Raul Mondesi. Walt Weiss. <laughs> I do. You, you hate him. Hate Will, Will Clark. Moises Alou. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton. One of my oh, favorites. Oh, Albert Bell. Yes. Yeah, Anyone on that Indian Yeah, are we going to name the Indians? <laughs> Jim, Jim Tomey. <laughs> Robin Ventura. Frank Thomas. Roberto Alomar. Sandy oh, Alomar. the Big Hurt. I would say that's one the of the best nicknames. John Olerud. Did I this... remember the Big Hurt we had. Is, uh, it was a game on what was that stupid device we had? It was on Sega, I think. No, it was on one of those. Oh, no, it was on Game Gear. Game Gear. We had a, it's called the Big Hurt. Yes. Like, if you it weren't him, you couldn't get a hit. games of all time on the video game. Behind Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball. I don't know. I think I liked it better. Really? Yeah. I think we had both, and I think I liked 
big hurt baseball owner. Interesting. I remember uh, opening up a can of uh, Coke, and underneath it says two free tickets. So we went to the White Sox stadium, and they give us two or two free tickets, and we ended up watching back in the '90s, watching him and Ventura play. You were old enough cool. to drive in the '90s, right? Yes. <laughs> Ninety-nine, anyways. He started collecting Social Security in the '90s. Took right, a buggy to the game. I think the only I've got a couple names left on my list. Ricky Henderson, yes. who's technically eighties, nineties, two thousands. He the played mix. for nine hundred years, so. yeah. but a good chunk of his career is in the nineties. And got to talk about Ricky Henderson. I got Kevin Brown, David Justice, Pedro Martinez, and Jim Abbott. Yes, yep. Jim Abbott is great. I just found his uh, number one draft pick card. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's not worth anything, but it's still cool to have. The 90s, I think that was one of the best years. I mean, you got like Paul O'Neill and just all the Yankees were so yeah. good. Tino, Tino Martinez. Bernie Williams. Bernie Andrew Williams. Jones. Chuck Knobloch. Right? Yeah. Andrew he was Jones. 90s or was he, he? I think he spilled into the 2000s too. He had like too. nine gold gloves in a row from like 97 to 2000. He was something. so good. Yeah. So good. Chuck Knobloch, though, that guy just couldn't end up throwing from second to first until they put him yeah. in left field. And, and he couldn't do that good. either. <laughs> he was good for a long time. Got the yips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about our favorite jerseys from the 90s. What do you guys got? Let's start with Eric. Well, my favorite jersey was 80s, but I'd be on. Um... It's got to all-star. It's got to be the Expos. It's got to be the Expos. got to be the Expos. So I, I definitely have Expos. One, they're cool yeah. colors because they're red, white, and blue. Two, they don't exist anymore, so it's cool. And red, white, and blue for a Canadian team is just it's the way to so go. Good. <laughs> it's so good. Now, would he, was he a little in the 90s, Vladimir Guerrero, or was he yeah. 2000? Yeah. One yeah. of my absolute favorites, Vladimir Guerrero. His son's pretty good, too. It's a beast. Yeah. Uh, favorite... I've never seen anyone swing at more pitches that were so far out of the strike zone. Gary Bouncing. He, he, I've seen him be a, he hit a home run off the bounce, which I don't even know if that's legal. Trick shot. Maverick is number 10 for his T-ball team on the Marlins after Gary Sheffield <laughs> for that reason. <laughs> uh, for jerseys, though, I have the purple Diamondbacks jerseys from the early 2000s. You have to go with the pinstripe Yankees, too. I, I know not a lot of Yankees fans, but... I mean, it's historic. It's classic. It's it's classy. Cool. You know, you could wear that to a nice little dinner party. Yeah, I have. I think. I don't well, think they'd let you in if you were wearing like, those tights. I like the 1994, 1995 Seattle Mariner jerseys. Mm-hmm. Like white. Ken Griffey Jr. Mm-hmm. Like rookie A-Rod. Like, like when color. he was on a little big league. It's like a little too blue-green to be able to be worn anymore, but it was really cool at yeah, the time. It's out of, out of fashion now. Yeah. Edgar Martinez. I don't know if we mentioned and him. And Jay Buhner and all those oh, fun guys. Yeah. Well, I have that written down, so let's talk about that team. How did the Mariners not win a World Series That's stupid. with that team? I don't have no clue. They've got Ken Griffey Jr. They've got rookie A-Rod. They've got Randy, Randy Johnson, Johnson and Jay Buhner and Edgar Martinez and... And, and the list ends Garcia. there. I think that's the problem. Yeah, you're playing the Yankees who, like, oh, cool. That's fair. Yeah. When you're that good one through nine, well, they were good, like, one through 11. They had good starting pitching. They had one of the – they have the best closer, arguably, of all time. Yeah. They wouldn't even, we didn't even mention him. That's true. He's just too good. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that's the whole reason why. I mean, they – Well, they that and the Braves. Yeah. 
Are the 95 Mariners the Oklahoma City Thunder of, of baseball? Are they the Durant, Westbrook, and Harden? What if Griffey, after they lost, just went to the Yankees? <laughs> <laughs> then they'd become the Lakers and they'd Gary Payton. Carl oh, Malone. Carl Malone. They would have won that championship in Malone If Griffey joined the Lakers. Griffey joined the Lakers, that'd be interesting. I'd watch that. I don't that. know how good he would be. No, didn't seem like he'd still be good. <laughs> Probably pretty athletic. All right, let's talk about the Braves in the '90s and the crazy playoff run that they went on. How many seasons in a row was it? Like, I want to say it's like twenty or something crazy yeah. where they made the playoffs. They ruined the Astros' season so many times. I think the Astros probably ruined their own season. Yeah. But. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you got to look at their starting rotation. I mean, they had Maddox, they had Smoltz, they had Glavin. I mean, Wood. Smoltz, yeah, and Smoltz eventually, later in their run, moved to closer. Mike Hampton. Yeah. <laughs> another another forgotten name. Mike Hampton. The first, the original hitting pitcher. Astros. No, the Braves, the Braves are great. I mean, that, that's what originally got me really hooked on baseball was Chipper Jones and that team. Even growing up in the Bay Area, I mean, I loved the Giants, but I loved watching the Braves win, so... And they were on TV a lot. Yeah, so TBS. That's yeah. why Troy's a Cubs fan. WGN. And was a Braves fan yeah. in the 90s because all the games were on TBS. That's so. why I'm an Astros fan. My brother's a Cubs fan. We're from <laughs> Illinois, so I chose a team that was in the same division just to piss them off. And then... They're not they're anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and we hate the Cardinals since. Good. Oh, Everyone hates the Cardinals. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Cowrup and Junior streak. Do you guys remember it? And is there a more overrated... Memorable thing in the world than the street. Not overrated. So, I think so. So I think it was tainted significantly by the game where he wasn't going to play and then they canceled the game. Yeah. Like that, that to me ruined the entire streak. And I, I don't remember it vividly just because it was, I was so young at that point, but I remember that specific event and just thinking like, that's, that's bull. Like, I don't understand how they could pull that off, but. I don't think it's overrated though. Because people are pansies now. They would like, oh, I have a hurt toe. I'm not going to play. Well, the thing yeah, is, he's played the most NFL games in a row. Started, it's like Eli Manning or something stupid. <laughs> God, I wish that guy would have gotten hit more. <laughs> I think he did, but he just kept showing up somehow. <laughs> every time, it's kind of a side note here, but every time I'd play Madden, I'd put his injury rating down to zero, <laughs> just to make sure he got hurt every time I hit him. <laughs> All right. When you got try. Home runs. You know, a little race there. Maguire Sosa. I remember that. Is that one Griffey of for the first two thirds of the season oh. until he forgot what a home runs were. Well, wasn't even Paul Merrow in that run, or was that a different year where he went? I think it was the three of them, and Griffey was winning for like the first half of the season. And then until June or whenever Sosa hit 20 in one month. God, that guy was so <laughs> he, he increases dosage. And he caught yes. his bat. Oh, yeah, and the cork bat. I think he got out on that one, though. That was awesome. I watched it. Just like, boogie, boogie. It's tough. I mean, that was was a great time to watch baseball, though, as a young kid going in the backyard and and trying to hit home runs over the fence or going out with your friends and you're impersonating all the stances. I mean, that was a a great time to watch baseball. The Sosa hop. You know, you hit one, you could do a couple hops. That's what saved baseball, actually, is not being seen that much. Ratings were going down, and then you have Bat- or you have McGuire and him going at it. I remember skipping school and going watching both of them play in St. Louis. 
and you talk about it with your friends of who hit the next home run and what number they were at. It's a good time. Now, do you think base? This is a sidebar, but this is what we do best here. Um, do you think baseball's in trouble with its popularity, or do you think it'll be all right in the long run? It'll be all right. I think baseball's fine. Got a lot of uh, young players that are catching people's attention, especially like we were talking about earlier with uh, um, former players' sons that are in it. That'll keep it alive. Yeah, I think like Ronald Acuna and, and those type of guys who are like uh, Fernando Tatis, who's a high energy exciting guy to watch um you know talking about the game where he hit a grand slam and the coach the opposing coach got pissed off because the unwritten rules of baseball um where you know they were up an insane amount of runs and the dude hit a grand slam and celebrated like he like it was his first one ever hit and Fernando Tatis came back and was like I'm I'm sorry if we kicked your team's ass essentially but that's your problem not mine like that's great for baseball and I know it's an unwritten rule and you'll have uh, you know, the older population that watched baseball a long time ago that agree with those unwritten rules, but the younger gen- younger generation doesn't want to see that. They, they want excitement and fast pace, and I think baseball is kind of doing what they need to do to keep the game moving, like that the new extra inning rule with the runner on second. Um, you're not going to get the 20-inning back-and-forth battles, which I, I personally love. Um, on, on my wedding night, I remember sitting at the table watching the game uh, it was a, a playoff game with the Giants, and, and it was going back and forth and extras, and we are sitting there watching it. And like, for me, that's exciting because I love baseball, but uh, for the younger generation that don't watch baseball as much, they're creating new rules to get it going and moving. So, Yeah, the, uh, the time clock and everything, That's I didn't like it at first, but... Yeah, I think they're going a little extreme with, like, the, the robot pitching zones where, like, they're taking it out of the umpire's hands in minor leagues where literally there's no home plate umpire calling balls and strikes. It's a computer... If it's in the zone, it's a strike. If it's not, then it's not. And that, I think, is too far, to be honest with you. But uh, some of the other stuff they're doing is good for baseball. Zach, what are your thoughts on that? I don't I don't like robot balls and strikes. I like the ump. I don't even like the strike zone thing, really. I just kind of like to watch the game and figure out where the ump has the zone. And I don't know. I'm I, just... don't, I don't need people saying, oh, that definitely wasn't a strike or it wasn't a ball because I saw it on the screen because Fox made some box that it's like an arbitrary square. It's not like an actual thing. So I don't, I don't like it. I like the games to be faster, though. Me too. Yeah. I watched some game that was like two and a half hours the other night because uh, the Dodgers won like three to nothing or something, and they hardly get many runs. And it went super quick, and I was like, this is, this is awesome. <laughs> this is the way to watch baseball. That, that's just what I'm worried with with the younger population is their – attention span so short i mean it's one of those things where if i'm watching tv i gotta be on my phone i gotta be on my computer for someone to go to a baseball game and sit there for three to four hours i think that might be a lot for the younger population i think that's where baseball might be in trouble in the future yeah i agree i I agree with the whole attention span thing i mean my kid can't sit in front of the tv to save his life to watch a game and he'll get excited for the first like inning and then he's off doing whatever else he wants to do and granted he's young but you really do see that. Um, but could you imagine watching Fox and then they have an adaptable strike zone to where like Angel Hernandez is the umpire and the strike zone is just like a, an yeah. adapted strike zone around what he's actually calling? That would be fun. Well, I think that's the thing about baseball. Like the people that really know the game and really love the game. I mean, each umpire, like you said, is different. You got to feel out the umpire. You got to know what's good. I mean, for the most part, umpires might not be the best, but they're consistent. You know, they're going to give a little off the outside, a little off the inside, a little high, a little low. You just kind of know what's going to work that day and what the guy normally calls. 
As long as they're giving them, like if the glove's pretty close and they throw a good pitch and they give it to them, I'm fine with that. I if they miss if if it's technically in the robot zone, but he missed the spot by like three feet, it's a ball. That's fine with me. Yeah, I agree. I heard there was a report that they're possibly gonna talk about moving the rubber back a foot. Did you guys hear that at all? What? Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna come to fruition or not, but I that'd be crazy. I could see it. I mean they already they made the baseballs denser this year. So that they they would travel like a couple feet less on a hard hit ball, but I could I mean I could see that they're trying to to make the batter. I guess you got to balance it out, but I don't know. It's crazy. It's a guy Carter Caps who had a controversy the last couple of years because when he pitches, he he like jumps off the mound like three feet towards the yeah, home plate. towards the home plate to pitch, and he gets like so much more velocity on it because of the distance. So it's interesting. All right, I got a couple more things that I wanted to talk about about 90s baseball before we before we wrap up. Let's have a quick talk about the Expos. I know we brought them up already because of their thing. Do you remember the Expos and the crazy stadium that they played in? Kirby Puckett, sorry. Kirby Puckett is another one we need to bring up. Not on my list. Marquise Grissom? For, uh, who's the guy that had the streak? Second baseman for the Expos. The consecutive games. Jose something. Can you see? Okay. Do you remember watching Deion Sanders play baseball? Yes. I don't remember. For the Braves, right? Yeah. I have a lot of Deion Sanders baseball cards, but I do not remember watching him too much in baseball. I just remember watching a game where he hit a ball to right field, which is like a single for anyone else, and he just ran to third. (laughs) Like, he didn't even think about it. He just kept going, and they're like, he's going to stop, right? No, he didn't look like he's gonna stop, and he was just too fast, and he would just make his way to third. Led the league in triples, and made the uh, Pro Bowl in the same year. It's fantastic, crazy. I wish we'd get more of that. But to Eric's point earlier, I mean, the players nowadays are so sensitive that like Russell Wilson could have played. He could have played two sports, and the Seahawks, I'm sure, were scared of him getting hurt. So I'm sure there's something well, you in the contract. Well, most of a lot of them were pitchers, though. Yeah, Kaepernick was going to be a pitcher. If, yeah. if Russell Wilson gets Tommy he still John could be. He's not doing baseball, anything. It's going to be Russell a Wilson deal. was a second baseman, though, if I remember correctly. I guess he could, he could do that then. Yeah. Just, just like that's like Dion was an outfielder. Yeah. Like Jordan. Bo Jackson. Jordan was craziest arm that I've ever seen. I've seen some crazy arms, but Bo Jackson's pretty cool. Rick and Keel, he had a cannon, oh. but that was early two thousands, oh, I think. Ichiro. Ichiro and Vlad for me were the two best arms in the outfield. Yasiel Puig. Puig does have a cannon. He just picking him, just chucking. He just refuses to hit the cutoff guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like he pretended. We didn't have a cutoff when we played in Cuba. They just let me throw it wherever I wanted. (laughs) On a line too. All right, I got one more. We got to talk about Wade Boggs. Not about Wade Box playing baseball, but the fact that he drank 64 beers on one flight and allegedly drank 107 beers in one day. It's impressive. Like during his playing time? Those are like Andre the Giant numbers. That's legendary. Wade Box was not a big dude. No. Of all professional athletes, how many do you think of them have played hungover? All of them. Yeah, most of them. I played high school baseball hungover. There's 
hundred percent chance every major league player. Because they were talking about the uh, in the two thousands and the uh, bullpen, people are just drinking beer while they're waiting to go out there. I forget what team it was. <laughs> the Red Sox, wasn't it? I think so. That's why you have a clubhouse I, connected Apple to the I think out there just chucking beers and waiting to go out there. No, I think like it was their off day and they weren't going to pitch, and so they were just getting tanked in the clubhouse or whatever it was. And then like one of them had to go in and like pinch run or something. Oh, God. I, I remember the bullpen. <laughs> was drinking. I think it was oh, no. the Red Sox, and then the coach got in trouble for That's it. That's how the guy threw the perfect game on Elstein. He wasn't <laughs> supposed to pitch that day. All right, you guys have anything else? Any other 90s memories before we wrap it up? I think that's it. 90s baseball was the one of the best I eras, I think. Baseball. But there's only really two teams that won anything. That's true. Marlins, what, 97? What a crazy... Now, that's like... That's Sam Hinkie to like a whole other level. That's like, we're going to win a World Series. We're going to trade all of these players for prospects, which is eventually... That's like trading for first-round draft picks in the NBA. And then enough of them are going to do it, so then like in seven years, we're going to win another World Series. I think any Kings need to do that. Any team in the MLB would do that to get two rings. Absolutely. That was a Dontrell Willis years. Another forgotten name. Kevin Brown was on that '97 team. Miggy, Miguel Cabrera. I was on the Bobby uh, Bonilla, who's still getting paid. I was Derek the, Lee. I was on the Little League Marlins that year. If that Derek was. Lee was on the second one, I think. Cliff Floyd. Yes. Cliff. Floyd. The analyst now. I, remember I do her. have I do have one last question. Right. 90s baseball, and I, I know your feelings on this, but try and put them aside. Does Barry Bonds belong in the Hall? I think before he took his steroids, he was one of the best players in the MLB. Depending when you know you actually can trace that, but I mean the guy, no matter taking steroids or not, it's not going to make you the best baseball. I mean, like you and I could take steroids and we wouldn't hit seventy home runs. We wouldn't even hit one. So we already have the talent, the hand-eye coordination, all that. Just a little more distance on his swings, which obviously helped. But, I mean, he was already, what, his rookie season, 40-40, 40 bombs and 40 steals or something like that before his head grew to a size 10.5? 43, 44, 46, 43, 44, 73. <laughs> 73. But even 40 consecutively. I know that he's, That's a, what I mean. he's a Hall of Famer before that. I agree. And then he went out of his way because he wasn't getting enough attention. And Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa was. And he's like, I can do that. And his head grew 12 sizes until he looked like a bobblehead. He hit 73 home runs. Got walked a million times. More walks than plate appearances somehow. I didn't hate him <laughs> until then. Yeah. Do you think who's a better overall player between A-Rod and Barry Bonds? Bonds. You think so? A Rod, A Rod was great, um, but if I remember correctly, he couldn't cut it as a shortstop, which is what he came up as and had to move over to third. Granted, I thought they well, moved him over to third. They moved him over to, to the Yankees. Because yeah. Jeter was playing shortstop. That's fair. I still take Bonds, and maybe I'm biased. I but. think they might have moved A Rod to third In on the Texas. Rangers yeah. before. Yeah. Just be like, hey, he can play third, Yankees. No, (laughs) No. before that. Rafael for... Oh, no, that was Braves. It was somebody good. It's Bonds. Bonds was good on the Pirates. He was good forever. 
great outfielder. So does he belong the in the hall? Of course he does. Would no, you he's a cheater. would you say he's the best player of all time? No, one of. One of. Not the. Who would you say is the best player of all time, Eric? Put you on the spot here. Everybody Jeff knows. Bagwell. <laughs> I'm going old school. I go Babe Ruth, but that's me. Okay, so that brings up I another know. another the argument. Babe. Yes. The Babe. So so my argument on Babe Ruth is in today's game, Babe Ruth with his skill set, would he be considered even one of the best if he were to play today? The issue I have with like his skill set, he'd play in the AL. He'd be a DH and he'd hit 60 home runs. So he's yeah. Shohei Otani. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, it's David Ortiz. <laughs> the thing I have with the decades and like trying to compare them is you got to think about the training. If he was able to train like the people do today, whether he would or not, I mean, he obviously was skilled, like God-given talent enough to hit 60 bombs. He wouldn't have that gut. He would have muscle. Yeah, that's what I mean. He, man but also, you got to look. Still. You got to look at his competition. He's playing against too. Like they were having lawyers, you know, pitch game one and then going out and defending the case in the afternoon. So I mean, you kind of got to look about who he's well, playing mean, against too. Team too so. Yes. <laughs> so for best player ever, it's tough. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say oh, if if he wins. One or two World Series titles, Mike Trout will be the best player to ever no. play the game. No. His stats weren't even better than Pujols no. the he's first still, eight he's years. He's still got years to go, though. Pujols is Pujols better than way ahead of him. Pujols was like 100, I think 100 more bombs or something like that through the first I eight seasons. I think Trout as a center fielder over Pujols as a first baseman. No, Ken Griffey Jr. is better than Mike Trout. His whole career, yes, but I think Trout has has a chance to be better. No. Yes. Like, we'll see the longevity for Trout. That's what I'm saying. And the thing with Trout, though, he's always played on poor teams, so he doesn't really get the... Right. But still, he's the best player right now. But look at these young guys coming up. They're going to probably be better than him. Acuna, um, Fernando Ortiz. Acuna right now is my favorite. That guy is Acuna's on fire right now. Stupid good. But if Acuna proves himself for the next eight years, then sure. You know what's nice about Acuna? He has Freddie Freeman hidden behind him. You know who Trout usually has? It's like Grandpa Pujols behind him because Rendon's hurt right now. Shohei batting before him. Yeah, and then Upton, that guy. Gosh, the Angels. (laughs) What about BJ Upton? Where did he go? (laughs) He signed some minor league contract probably somewhere. Hanging out with Kate Upton. Right. Family affair. It's an Upton thing. (laughs) All right, I think that's all we got. We're going to wrap it up. Drink some more beers. Get a little weird. We're going to do some crap bag. Crap bag. In a quarantined world, experience the podcast nobody's been talking about. Starring no one famous. Past, present, and pointless. Streaming now. Troy. I feel like Troy's got some weird ones. He's not really excited this week, so we're going to start with him. Troy, what do you got? So this one is called my Aladdin question. Ooh. You know, obviously, you know, pique the interest of those Disney fans. Hey, Vito. Um, 
So you get a choice to either go into this little area and they're going to shut the rock behind you, kind of like an Aladdin, but he didn't have a choice. He had to go in there and try to find the magic lamp for Jafar or whatever. Great, great story. Killing it, right? Great story. All right, so you get the choice to either go in there or not. If you go in there and beat this challenge, you get $10 million, okay? It's a, it's a certain course you have to get through, okay? The first step is you have to beat a... Super Mario Brothers 3 level without dying. Do I get to pick the level? No, it's anywhere between um, World 3 and 5. Okay. Second, you have to beat a Crash Bandicoot level. Anywhere from World Island 2 to 4. So it's not difficult. Actually, I'm going to pick the Mario one. It's the one where the sun is throwing stuff at you. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's a toughie. Do all we right. have a P? No. No P. Okay. Okay. And third, I, I didn't come up with a third. You have to jump rope for ninety seconds, double Dutch style. Okay. So you have to do all three of those. If I have to do you, all three of them, yeah, to get to the gauntlet to get the ten million dollars. So you're gonna ask me what is my consequence if I don't if I die in Mario Brothers Bandicoot or Jump Rope? You said and. If you yeah. Okay. If either of those you fail, you there's a consequence. Okay. So the first fail, you lose a limb. (laughs) Do I get to pick the limb? Yes. And then you can try as many times as you want until all your limbs are gone. So you get four shots at it to get the $10 million. Are you going to go inside the cave and try to win the $10 million? How confident are you? No. (laughs) Eric? I'm not confident. You lost Zach at jump rope. That's where you lost me. Yeah, I'm not jump roping for 90 seconds, so... I'm going to lose a li- all of the limbs. Do you have, though? I didn't say is this. It's like Millionaire where I can quit at any time and there's like a smaller cash price. Or phone a friend. Yeah. You get two days to prep for this. That's new. Oh. To kind of entice you. I get like a no consequences run through. For two days. And you have like you have like a Mario Ninja, a Bandicoot Ninja, and a Jump Rope Ninja teaching you the ropes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. Now you're in. I'm in. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I was only out <laughs> because if I could phone a friend and have my wife play Crash Bandicoot, I'd be in. But I, I just know I would lose without it. So with the training, I would be in. I feel like I do the best at Crash Bandicoot. Me too. I think that's the because that's only Island two to four. What kind of power ups do I get in Mario Brothers? You're actually small as you go in against the sun. You have a chance though throughout the level to get bigger. You have two days to practice. That sun level is brutal. You have two days to practice, though. You could literally just do that for two straight days. You'd still fail to jump. He rope. needs to jump rope. You have to run at full speed the whole level. Yeah, or you're gonna While die. While the sun is coming at you, and you have to jump over it each time. I'm not jumping over the sun. I'm gonna give it a go. <laughs> Maybe once. Well, do I get to back out after the two days? No. Once no. you take the training, you got to do it at least once. You're either going to come out a tricycle <laughs> or $10 million. They make pretty cool robot legs. They go try it once. 
Eric, you're still out. I'm still out. <laughs> I ain't passing that jump. I'm out. Course. There's no way. All right. Because you got to beat all three to get the 10 mil, and I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm in. I'll give it a go. I'll lose one limb. Yeah. It's going to be a lot harder with three limbs to try it the second time. A leg you don't For the jump rope, you do. That's true. Actually, it might make double dutch easier. <laughs> I don't Are you know. bleeding out of that limb? Like just a rough chainsaw or how is this? No, there's a doctor. Oh, so it's actually, it's like medically removed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Zach. All right, we're going to move on to the Monstars question. This is a, it's roughly based, it's roughly based off the Space Jam. Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley. We were talking about Sean Bradley, so we're going to do a Monstars question. Okay, the Monstars come to our neighborhood. They're going to try to take over our neighborhood. But you use the Bugs Bunny playbook where you get to make up a fake rule book and you get to defend yourselves. We're not picking basketball, obviously, looking at us. What is the activity that you're picking that you could beat the Monstars at? Breaking baseball cards. <laughs> That's tough. Crash Bandicoot. Oh, man. Eric? <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Limbo. But they're small. But they're small little guys. They're going to they're going to beat you without even having to get a power up. Yeah, like one or two might fail. But the the rest monsters are big. No. Not to start the movie. They're not Sean Bradley monsters. They're just... Oh, this is pre-monsters. This is an NBA monsters. But that means that they could no, pick... No, they start as the little guys, but they have the potential of getting help. So what are you so good at that you're confident that you can beat them regardless of what happens? I would choose being on Zach's team in beer pong. <laughs> because I've done that a few times and he doesn't lose. Really? If they, I still see him as huge. The Sean Bradley guy would just lay it up. But do you think if we chose beer pong, they would go out and get Sean Bradley, no, they get wheel him over here? You know that we played against that just they would go out. They would go out and get professional Michael Jordan well I'm not the best at anything so I would say I would lose at everything <laughs> that's a tough question Eric I have no clue. what would you choose I'm really good at Tiger Woods Golf 2004 and I Ooh. think I could beat the Monstars at it I miss that with the backspin <laughs> yeah while it's in the air oh yeah that the needs power to, I think I need to spin that left the old school <laughs> controller that had the black and yep. white button on it when he did the uh, happy could, Gilmore swing you could load your own playbook your own uh, playlist into it. I like it. That we was the best to, thing. to uh, Pure Funk while we were playing Tiger Woods Golf. I used to do that on uh, MLB The Show back in the day on, uh, I think it was PS3, where you could put in like Chevelle, the Chevelle album, and that was my walkout song for everything. I don't know. I guess video games, right, would have to be the golden. Do you but... have one that you're the best at? No, I'm not the best at anything. I don't have time. So you just lose. I would just lose. I would, yeah. I would just You're just gonna go to Moron Mountain. I would run. <laughs> like I, not physically. Like just, I'm getting a car and take off. I might go like crossword puzzles. Just kind of just mess with them. Yeah, but they're they're gonna find somebody that's really good at crossword puzzles, like Sean Bradley. Like anyone else is better at crossword puzzles than you. Word searches. You oh, can I'm barely read. Why would you pick crossword puzzles? I'm just really good with patterns. I don't need to read. <laughs> I don't have a better answer than video games. Okay. Let's move on. Troy, what do you got for your next one? 
Eric has a little sidebar over here. I was going to say Comcast game. Oh, I would play Comcast, Comcast game. game. I don't even know who you could get that could be a Comcast game. <laughs> exactly. That's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we have to ask, you can't afford it, both. That's fair. All right, so my last one's called the blimp question. Okay. Um, for obvious reasons. Zach's here. He kind of looks like a blimp. So you're in a blimp, and there's a target on the ground. You have to throw one object from the blimp and you have to hit the bullseye. You can choose any object in the world to throw. What are you choosing? I'm throwing Dude Perfect out of the plane. <laughs> they always hit it. I'm just throwing Dude Perfect. I thought you were going to say Eli Manning. You're going to throw like all five or six of them out? Someone's going to hit it. Yep. Just but. making it rain with Dude Perfect, guys? Yep. <laughs> they literally hit it every time. No editing. I wonder how much editing they do. All of the editing. Yeah, that's <laughs> basically all they do. It's a lot of tries. But that, we can edit, edit, right? No editing. You get one how shot. How big is the target? You might lose a limb. <laughs> <laughs> how big is the target? Don't worry about it. Well, I have to know. How, like that's Okay, the target is five by five. And how high up are you? Five what? Five, <laughs> five miles. <laughs> five feet by five feet, and you're approximately... I would say 8,500 feet up. That's. What... <laughs> <laughs> I would throw myself out of the plane. <laughs> I have no way of winning this. I'd throw a shot put. Yeah, I was thinking similar. I feel like that's heavy enough. It's round. It's not going to get caught in a weird wind. I think it would fall fairly straight. I was thinking a non-finger hold bowling ball. 8,500 feet up. Is that a five by five target? If I had to pick a thing, I'm not gonna throw like a bathtub out of it. Bathtub would be good. Yeah, maybe a bathtub. <laughs> Sean Brad, I'm gonna wheel throw Sean, Sean Bradley out of the plane. Perfect. Somebody, somebody with a uh... somebody in one of those little wingsuits. Yeah, Zachary. Thank you. Oh, you can throw controlled people. <laughs> I don't know. I would throw a remote control there. airplane. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't specify. Skydiver. The guy that comes into the rodeo. <laughs> the clowns? All right. Rodeo clowns? Yeah. No, the guy that like perfectly during the national anthem comes down oh. and lands. Wait, if you I've been throw, to if one you, rodeo and he did can, it. If so. you can throw somebody out with a parachute, sure. That's <laughs> <laughs> easy. All right, I got one last question and then we can wrap it up. It's been a fun episode so far. This is the smoky question. Okay, here okay. we go. Yeah. You are, you're officially on the run. You did something you weren't supposed to. Obviously. You get like, you get like 30 minutes to prep yourself. You have to pick someone to be your getaway driver, and it has to be a fictional character. Who would the fictional character be? That's easy for me. Eric, go ahead. I was going to say, you, you're pretty good at evading <laughs> things. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, mine would be Jason Statham in the Transporter yes. series. I mean, how could That's you choose such a good answer? That's pretty good. Over, what are our other choices that could be Jason Statham? The Dukes Baby of Driver. Hazard. The Dukes of Hazard. Baby Driver. That's a good one. I actually might. Well, I named the Smokey question because Smokey and the Bandit, I think, would have a pretty good chance yeah. too. I was thinking Smokey from Friday, so <laughs> me too. <laughs> I was very concerned Smokey with where this question was going. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> you first or last? That's fair. 
There was Coke taped underneath the seat. <laughs> There's a Puma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Ricky Bobby. That's a pretty good answer. Go Fast and the Furious, man. Why not? Because I think anything would outrun their little Honda Civics that they were racing in the movie. <laughs> How far do you have to go, I guess, is the question. If you got to go to a quarter mile at a time, sure. <laughs> well, I'll take uh, Nicholas Cage. The, you're just on the run. So five by five, and you have to evade people for a longer, pretty long amount of time. Then I, I want to change my answer. Okay. You can't. To born. Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. Because if I'm just uh, avoiding people, Jason, he will just Alexander. kill all of them. Born. Jab. Zach, who are you taking? Probably the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> just yeah. jump over shit. Yes. I'm still going and Ricky a very Bobby. Un incognito car that has a Confederate flag on the top of it and it's bright orange. Right. General Lee. But we're getting away. Just don't go south. And we're going to have a lot of fun along the way. A lot of shenanigans. Boss Hog. Boss Hog is catching us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys have any questions? That's fair. It's been a long night. Thanks for joining us. Where can we follow you guys? Um, get in on this baseball break shenanigans. Yeah, so mainly on Facebook, around the Horn Hobbies and around the Horn Breaks. Uh, there's a group and a page. Give us a follow, and then we post a few breaks a week. And it's a lot of fun, so we hope to see you there. All right, Trey, where can people follow us? On the internet. <laughs> Very good. Um, <laughs> Spivey Social Podcast on Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> then why do you always ask me every episode? You know I get it wrong every week. Seventy times. You don't know what our handle is on Facebook. I don't. It's 69B. Yeah, this is 69B. 69B. Come on, get it right, get it tight. So you can follow us on our website at spiveyspecialpodcast.com. You can also follow us on inst- on uh, social media at spiveyspecial on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, mm-hmm. probably Snapchat. I don't know for sure. Don't quote me on that. And I think that's all we got. Think so, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Trudy, anything else? Zach, you're fat. Troy, <laughs> you're fat. Later.